Before we get started, I want to say thank you to the prayer and financial supporters of the podcast, bringing you today's episode. You can learn more about supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash diapers and disciples, or by checking the link in today's show notes. This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 69. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a mom. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and this is part five of our series on nurturing the faith of Catholic kids. Today's chat is with Mary O'Neill, co-author of Catechism of the Seven Sacraments, a stunning Lego catechism her family put together that focuses on fostering a deeper understanding of salvation history through the lens of the Catholic sacraments. We chat about what inspired the project, working as a family, homeschooling and building community, and what Mary has found helpful for passing on the Catholic faith to her kids. Thanks for listening in today. Here's my chat with Mary. Hi, Mary. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. I was wondering if you could start us off and just tell us a little bit about you and about your family and about your work. Sure. Um, Well, I'm a Catholic wife and homeschool mother. Uh, We have seven children. Um, We have four girls and three boys. They are about 16 down to two years old. And we run a small family landscaping company that we've run for about 12 years now. Um, And then over the last three years, we took up the challenge of writing a new book. And um, this series is Building Blocks of Faith series and our publisher, Storytell Press. Um, And last year, they they released our first book, which is Catechism of the Seven Sacraments. Um, And it's been out now, like I said, for about a year. And we've sold just over about 13,300 copies. So we're really excited. Oh my goodness. It's absolutely stunning. It's it's really, really beautiful. I'm excited to chat with you about it. Is it, um, so you said it's part of a series, so you have an intention for more to come out. Is that right? Kind of under the Building Blocks of Faith series? Yes, absolutely. We have a list of ideas for sure, um, and we have several books that have been started and then kind of um, prioritized, and so Currently, my husband and I are working on writing our next book, um, which is really exciting, um, about just a little preview about the Our Father and the Mass and how it's all tied to the Exodus. Oh, exciting. That would be great. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, Well, before we get too far into that, I would love to ask you, um, what comes to mind when you think about how you personally live out the Great Commission as a mom? Well, my husband and I have always said that our children are our greatest assets, and we know that it's our responsibility um, to raise them, but it's far greater than just, you know, where are they going to attend college or or where are they going to live or how are they going to live? It's more about getting them to heaven. And as parents, um, we're charged with passing on that deposit of faith in a meaningful and lasting way, hopefully. And so we... We take that on. Um, this is, you know, one of the reasons why we've chosen to homeschool our children. And we we just want to constantly immerse them in the truth and the beauty of the faith so that hopefully one day they too will become disciples and um, they can share their faith with the world. Mm. 
I love that. That's beautiful. Um, I would love to ask you one question about that because you said you have, your oldest is almost 16 and your youngest is two. So do you struggle at all with the balance of um, homeschooling the different ages and kind of like uh, managing with the toddlers as well? Absolutely. (laughs) I'm thankful that we live in the, you know, the society that we have today where so many tools are at our disposal. Mm -hmm. Um, And also being that my husband um, works from home, you know, and we have all of winter off from landscaping, basically, unless we get lots of snow, which we have this year. Um, He's generally here as well. So that's very helpful. Uh, He has taken the task upon himself to help with the older children um, and teach them philosophy and religion and history and all of these things in in a way that I'm not even capable of. So I'm mm. thankful for that. Um, but it is it's difficult always to be able to manage the multiple ages and especially at the all at the same time. So it's it's helpful to be able to um, have them do different things like reading to each other or using, I, we have a wonderful thing, um, teaching textbooks so for math. And so they're able to do math on their own. I don't have to instruct it, um, different things like that. And we definitely use homeschool connections too, which is Catholic and um, it is computer-based. So they watch lectures and do problems with, with the instructor on the computer. So I'm really thankful that we live in this this day and age with all the technology at our disposal and you know so much support from materials that are available that's so neat yeah um we are um well we've kind of been homeschooling my my oldest is only four she'll be five in april but next year um we're planning to do um kindergarten at home and you know do a little co-op as well which will be nice but I also have a two-year-old and um, we're due with our third baby um, in April next month so I'm I'm kind of trying to figure out oh I wonder how exactly (laughs) this is going to work but I think it's probably one of those trial and error things where you know you see what works and I think the two-year-old might be at the point because he'll be he'll be three next year where maybe he'll even want to kind of listen in or color or something like that while she's she's doing it. But Absolutely. Um, and they can absorb yeah. so much that way, even if they're not the one actively learning, they're still passively mm-hmm. learning. So it's it is a you know a great service to them to be around even when you're instructing the other kids. And I know one thing as well is that um, sometimes you can do something that's more along the lines of, um, you know, learning by subject. And so then you're, Mm. you're just basically talking about a topic and then you include them at their different levels, whether they can express that at a higher level, medium level or a lower level, Mm. they're still hearing everything and able to um, learn from the older ones, from the middle ones, from the younger ones, but all learning about the same topic. So it, it helps consolidate some of your that's time. That's great. As well. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah, I love that. And my husband, um, he works from home and we've kind of talked to dreamed about the idea of um, maybe down, down the road when the kids are a little bit older, him being able to um, take some time to do some of the homeschooling as well. And just kind of, you know, figuring out what our gifts or strong suits are and kind of, um, you know, teaching based on, on that. So I think that's really neat that you're able to do that with your husband. Um, very neat. 
Uh, so ha- are your kids, so the Catechism of the Seven sacri- Sacraments, I should explain this first, is in case people haven't seen it, it's, um, it's like a Lego catechism, if I, if I can call it that. You've used like the Lego building blocks to create these beautiful scenes. In particular, I would say the church scenes are just stunning. When my husband and I were looking through it, we're like, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe, you know, you can do this with Legos. They're and really it's, beautiful. It's, it's modeled after the church that we attend. So St. Peter's Bolo. Oh. So if you look on their website, you can see the, you know, the emulation there. Oh my goodness. That's so neat. I, I will have to check that out. That's really neat. Oh, great. And um, so did your I know you and your husband worked on it, and then did your kids help with um, the the building as well and the creation of it? We did. So they were definitely our inspiration for the for the project from the beginning. Um, basically, they, you know, they have a love for Legos. What kid doesn't like Legos? And Lego knows that you know they they make Legos for everyone. They have, you know, they have Legos geared towards boys, towards girls, towards everyone. They've turned everything into a Lego, whether it's a Disney movie or, you know, cartoon characters or the Marvel, you know, um, action figures, everything's a Lego. And so they've kind of monopolized everyone's interest into this funnel of Lego. And so we noticed that with our kids um, because they had a, a book called the Brick Bible. And, um, you know, being a homeschool family, we have lots of uh, silent reading time and things like that. So they um, continuously went to this book. And at the time, we were fully unaware. And we just thought it was it was like a, you know, children's version of the Bible and didn't really have all the stories, but it would have some of it and it would be good enough. And they were very interested in it because of the, you know, these scenes. And so it wasn't until they started asking questions like, is this really in the Bible? Is this really in the Bible? Is this really in the Bible? My husband kept giving them the apologetics version of yes, but not like that. And let me tell Mm -hmm. you what that story really means. And he would go into it. And I, I heard it and then I heard it again. And then I heard it again. And I thought, where are you reading these stories? What is, what is this book that you're reading that has so much questionable material? And when they showed me this um, brick Bible, um, we put an end to it. I looked it up and it's written by an actual, like an atheist. Um, And so really it, yeah. So it, it's definitely intention, ill intention, Mm -hmm. um, to draw children away from God and to, you know, deposit instead, you know, questions instead of answers. And it really did that. So um, thankfully, my husband was very equipped to be able to answer their questions, but I could imagine in families where that wasn't the case, Mm -hmm. um, causing real problems. And so after we took it away and said, this, this one's done, um, they just kind of were like, wait, we love it. The pictures, you know, Lego. And so they kept, even though we have a real strict, no nagging policy from our (laughs) children, we say no, the answer's no. Um, they pushed this one. They were like, well, can't we just black out the bad parts or can't we cut it? Or, Mm. you know, can we just look at the good? And, and my husband said, no, this, you know, I get it. You want to eat the watermelon and spit out the seeds. But in this case, the watermelon is rotten. Mm. (laughs) You cannot eat this watermelon. So um, basically, 
they kind of persisted a little bit longer. And my husband had just come home from a men's retreat where he was giving a talk for about the seventh year in a row on the sacraments. And um, this is something that we know is the foundation of our faith, the sacraments. It's what makes the church the church, and it's it makes it different than all the other ecclesial communities, as Pope John Paul II said. And so basically with the... Um, with him just coming home from this retreat and our kids talking about this Lego book, he said, you know what? We're going to write one. Wow. <laughs> and off, off to the races it was from there. Mm. So, um, But yeah, our, our children were so helpful in being able to, um, you know, build the scenes. They had tremendous knowledge of, of the Legos themselves, all the different pieces that there were to choose from and use and, um, what sets they came in, and lots of ideas for characters and um, building different scenes. And they were lifesavers for details, you know, as we're building. And no way, you know, Moses looked like this before. We got to make sure we built Moses the same, you know. And we we thought we had a lot of Legos at the beginning of the project, and we came to realize not even close. <laughs> wow. So, as we were, you know, building different things and borrowing different pieces from, you know, everybody thinks our house is full of 750 Lego scenes, not even close. We have to, you know, after we take the photos, demolish and sort and then build the next thing using the same pieces. So even wow. though we have bins and bins and bins of Legos, but um, there's, you need so much in order to build these scenes. So, um Keeping the keeping the details in order and making sure that you're using the right pieces if you have to rebuild a scene for another part of the book was um, hugely dependent upon our kids' knowledge of Legos. So, and then you know just their creativity um, was absolutely invaluable. Um, and then even the littlest ones contributing their ideas, which saints to use throughout the book or helping to keep the Legos up off the floor or sorting them back into their, into their proper places. It was really just all encompassing project for two years with everyone with all hands on deck. Mm. So. Wow. And um, maybe I just want to ask a practical question then you mentioned you have bins. So when you, when you do these, how are, how are they sorted? Do you, cause if you're having to rebuild, you know, build a scene and then take it down and then rebuild a different scene with the same Legos. Do you have them still separated into the sets that they came in or? No. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. We have, you know, big bins that people use storage bins that are kind of like a dump. Uh -huh. <laughs> and go from there as you, as you sort and use pieces. And we, you know, like the, um, do you ever see those wooden shelf, colorful bin oh, organizers yes. yeah toys. so we would use those to sort um you know by color blue red yellow green you know different pieces in those and we have like six of those shelves full of pieces and then um big bins for like bigger different things and and needing to be sorted <laughs> types of bins and then um smaller bins that are like for screws and bolts and things for your garage. So like the little drawers to hold the tiny little hands and heads. Yeah. And <laughs> all the different little, you know, crowns and swords and amazing pieces that are, you know, that you would never want to 
dig out of a giant bin, although we've had to about a thousand times. <laughs> so being organized was really essential. Yeah. Well, I just love, I love the characters from scripture, like how, um, you know, how you have Christ and Mary, and but then also how you portray like priests and um, religious, and it's just amazing and so creative how how you've done um, how you've done all of those. So it's been it's been neat to read through that. Um, uh, I so what I would love to hear what it's been like for you um, working kind of side by side with your husband through this project because you said he came home from this retreat with you know the idea let's go ahead and do this and then it's been you know a few years in the process and you're still working on on projects in this series so I'd love to hear a little bit what that's like working side by side with your husband like that sure so you know it's it's wonderful to actually be able to work with your husband actually and um, have this common goal because I think a lot of times families are pulled in different directions and it's been a real blessing for our family that we're usually focused on the same things and especially with our kids still being relatively young our oldest being 16 she's starting to want to go her own direction but um, we're still one unit and um, even homeschooling and running our own business, all of those things collectively have helped us to to really work together for every for every common goal that we have. It's always been, you know, our family working together to try to better our family, to you know, um, fulfill God's will for our lives, to um, do whatever it is that we're we're needing to accomplish, and so. It's been a real blessing to be able to work as a family and especially with our, you know, with my husband. Um, thankfully, God has given us complementary strengths mm. and weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, we really do complement each other um, in ways that are, I don't know, it's, it's really, it's interesting. So, um we're able to rely on each other to complete the projects. And um, basically, you know, it's never without without an argument or coming or like having different ways to solve the same problem, but um, really having the same goal in mind and being able to complement each other with our, with our strengths is a blessing. And so we... Um, he has He has gifts for being able to read and think about these complex theological concepts and he has time as he's mowing and different things when he has hearing protection on to contemplate them uh, you know silence is is a real gift that you know as a stay-at-home mom I don't always have so right. <laughs> time of, of silence that he's able to really contemplate these things and then he's really been given a gift of being able to deliver the material in a way that is interesting and and you know kids are drawn to it adults are drawn to it and it's it's been a great gift and so and then you know my my strengths are more along the lines of being able to help with the research or organizing it or saying hey wait I used to be a teacher and some of these things were um, important, like having a glossary, a table of contents or mm. things that are useful for parents and for the kids in order to be able to study further the biblical citations on the pages and things mm. like that. 
And so just being able to work together and on and use our strengths to keep it balanced. Um, it's been, it's been good. Otherwise we wouldn't be doing our next one. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it's, I mean, it's quite an accomplishment. It's a, it's a big book and, um, to spend all that time building all these scenes and doing the research and, um, you know, incorporating everything into this and then to, go on, you know, after a few years and do another book in in the series. I mean, what a, what an accomplishment. So, yeah, things must be working out in terms of cohesion with your family and working with your husband on it. So, I I love hearing that and I love hearing how you're each using your gifts in in your own way through the through the book. So, that's really neat. Um, so I, I'd like to ask you about two things that kind of I think probably go together. And the first being, um, I'd love to hear if you and your husband have found some ways that have been helpful for teaching your kids um, about the Catholic faith. And then the second being a little bit about your family prayer life and kind of what that looks like. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if they go together, if you want to approach it together or if answer sure. those quite separately. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think, again, another, uh, the blessing of really being a homeschool family um, really does tie into that because we've been able to teach our kids the faith Mm -hmm. through complete immersion. You know, using Catholic curriculum has been a huge blessing. Being able to um, answer questions by turning to the Baltimore Catechism or turning to the Catechism of the Catholic Church for the older kids and really being able to teach them the truths of the faith using these... these, um, books and also learning about the saints as guides and um, we take time to listen to Catholic media whether it's in the car or in our home a lot of the um, products you know the the talks and things from people um, that are recorded on lighthouse Catholic media have been huge for us and then um, I don't know if you've you've used it yourself or heard about it. It's called, um, formed. Oh, yes. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about that. Cause we actually haven't talked a little bit really about it on the, on the show, but, um, I've heard of it and, um, I know some parishes that use it specifically in their communities for parishioners. So it's really an excellent resource, um, for families. And so basically formed.org and you can get a private membership or a lot of parishes do offer membership. So that's a, you know, it's very, it's wonderful. So, um, basically you can log in and then there's all kinds of media on there, whether it's, you know, audio recordings or video recordings. Um, and even, even more like regular movies, but it's all Catholic. And so um, we love, you know, pulling up a movie on St. Tresless or, okay, kids, here we go. We're going to watch this movie together or listening to Archbishop Fulton Sheen on his various recordings that are so always so wonderfully eloquently stated Mm. and just um, even, you know, they have ones for the littlest ones, even we love brother Francis, um, awesome cartoons. If you haven't seen those, I don't know. Yeah. And so just tons of, of great material like that to be able to 
pull it at a you know on a whim and say let's watch this movie or this happens to be the saint of the day or this happens to be you know fit right in with our curriculum or we need to watch a movie as a family just to chill the house out so <laughs> let's do this um so i think just you know being able to use clearly catholic materials consistently um has been a way to teach our kids the faith. And um, like I said, at this point with them still being relatively young, we do control the the exposure to other things. And really when they are looking to learn things, they ask us questions. They're not, they're not some, you know, we're not dependent upon um, a public school teacher or, or other, you know, opinions that are maybe not as as formed or in line with what we believe. So it's it's helpful. And then as far as, you know, family prayer, um, it's really throughout the day. We we try to of course pray together at family meals. Um we we pray the after meal prayer for the deceased. Um we try to pray the rosary daily, which, you know, depends on where it falls might be first thing in the morning might be after lunch might be while we're driving might be oh we still haven't prayed before bedtime Mm -hmm. and um we try to to pray the rosary together and then different chaplets or or different things that fit into the liturgical seasons or um you know even the just a need someone someone has died or you know pray the divine mercy chaplet and then definitely prayers before bed, um, doing an examination of conscience and praying the act of contrition and the um, the angel of God prayer. And um, we we started a long time ago singing the Hail Mary, gentlewoman song. Mm. So even if uh, even if our kids are laying up in bed and I'm sitting at the bottom of the steps with the infant in arms, you know, yeah. we can still sing the prayer up the up the stairs and everyone can go to sleep mm. thinking about our mother mm. so that's beautiful I love that um I'd love to ask you about um doing an examination of conscience with your kids is that do you have kind of like a kid-friendly version that you walk them through to do that or I just think that's a that's a good practice and I haven't heard of anyone um doing that regularly that's neat to do that with your family well, let's see. I don't know that I necessarily have one that I say, like, think about this or think about that, but rather, you know, think about your day. Think about things that you you did wrong. Think about how you can do them differently. Mm. And, you know, use that as a way to, of course, as they're older, as they've received confession and things like that, they can participate. They can um, think about it and and then recall those sins when they go to confession but I think it's important at any age to think about what did I do wrong today and how can I do that differently tomorrow Mm. and a lot of times if if you don't take time to do that the problems only get worse so it's good practice yeah that's great yeah I love love hearing that um, Mary, I would love to ask you, how would you say you've seen the Lord at work in your life the last year? Well, this last year, we've definitely been blessed. It's It's been amazing to, um, you know, sometimes you have trials and blessings and, and you think, why? You know, you wonder, why God? Why, 
mm-hmm. husband was in a car accident years ago before we started our, our company, our landscaping company. And I remember thinking, why? Why? I'm, I'm pregnant with our fourth child. Um, we were both working at the time and we were homeschooling, but working opposite of each other to make it all work. And wow. all of a sudden life came crashing and I thought, why? Why? <laughs> you know, we just bought mm-hmm. our home and, and, you know, didn't even realize that God's hand was in all of it because it was a real turning point in our lives. And to, um, stay home for the next six months and basically help him recover from his accident and um, to start our our landscaping company and to really contemplate like what we're going to do with our lives as a family and um, knowing that all of that played a huge role into what we're doing now um, Mm -hmm. with with how we homeschool with how we um, have taken on this book project and Basically, that helped um, my husband be able to study the faith. He was he was bedbound, and he really did wow. um, just turn to Catholic media and read, read, read tons of Catholic books, and that set us on a course for really understanding the faith in a different way and being mm. able to teach it. And so, this year specifically, it's been amazing to be able to. Um, it's, it's like a rare gift to be able to look at this year and see God's hand and to see all of the blessings and fruits from various families who have received our book and taken time to write a review or send us an email or call us and tell us about their experiences and how, how it's, you know, helped them to be able to talk to their kids about the faith or how they've given it to a coworker, an adult who doesn't know about the faith and then, lights are going off and they're asking all these questions and, you know, hearing conversions and, and different things like that. It's been such a blessing to be able to see that over this last year in a way that's no, like, unlike any other year. I've been mm-hmm. just humbled to be able to see, you know, how God has used us to, to work in this way to build up his church. Mm. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that, you know, Looking back, even you said um, years ago when your husband was in this accident, and not being able to know then like w- the course <laughs> that that the Lord was going to take you, and being able to look back now and see how the Lord was working through that is just really beautiful. That's that's great. Thank you for sharing. Um, and what would you say is your favorite part of your home, and why? So. I, I would have to say that it's my oversized recliner. <laughs> you know, it sounds silly, but um, I love it. It's it's mainly because it's a great way for you know my kids to come and sit with me. It's amazing how many people can sit in that big recliner on my lap and on the sides and holding the baby and mm. you know to be able to sit and read with them or comfort them if they're not feeling well. Um, to you know watch a show together or when we pray the rosary it's it's a great place for you know all of them to come and actually sit with me and on me (laughs) yeah it's in our family room which is um filled with a lot of statues and and religious images that have been gifted to us um that we've collected throughout the years so it's kind of a nice um place for our family to go to and 
a silly oversized recliner to gather around. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's great. Um, And what have you been loving recently? Hmm. Um, I think one of the best things that we've had happen in our lives recently has been um, our homeschool co-op. And basically right around the time that we started writing our book three years ago, um, we also ran into some families who wanted to start a co-op together. And we, we worked hard to, you know, meeting multiple times a week even, and then weekly, and then you know, bi-weekly, monthly to get this all up and running. And it's a co-op that offers classes for preschool through 12th grade. Um, Mm. But, you know, aside from having that opportunity for our kids to be in classes, it's been such a rich blessing for for our family because we are just surrounded with so many amazing Catholic families. And having that, having that support and, you know, attending mass together and praying together and, um, you know, having a mom's group stem from that. And um, we're talking about having book studies led by a priest, you know, for the moms. And it's been such a such a blessing for, you know, our families. And that's, I'd say that's been a great thing this year. Mm-hmm. That's great. My husband and I... Um... I've been talking a lot about community in particular this year as well, because it's something we've been kind of um, praying for and, you know, looking for for a, a while. And, you know, the Lord's timing, it just seemed like this year was the year that he He really answered a lot of our prayers. And um, I'm in a women's group now, and we have a couples group, and we also have a, a, a co-op and a great community at our parish. And I just, um, I see you know, the benefit of being surrounded by, um, friends, (laughs) like-minded friends who are maybe even in the same stage of life as you, or, or even a different stage of life who are able to kind of speak into your life and pray for you and pray with you. And, um, yeah, it's really a gift. It's like, you know, on an airplane, (laughs) if, if you crash, right, they say, you have to put the oxygen on yourself first because you have to save yourself in order to be able to help other people. And, you know, as, as, you know, a homeschooling mother, like you're seeing with your, you're there for your kids, but you also need the regeneration. You also need that Mm. support. And while it's, you know, it take, it's a cooperative. So you really have to put into it as well. But what you receive is so many more fold than what you're putting in and being able to have that, that community and that support, um, it's invaluable. Mm, so true. I love that. For for women who are listening who feel like maybe they don't have um, that kind of community, I know for, for you, um, you said it was kind of just seeing that there were a couple other families that might be interested in something and then, you know, starting the meeting. Is that what you would recommend for for people who might be kind of in a similar place? Absolutely. I mean, um, so near us, we're kind of out in the middle of nowhere and outside of Chicago um, by an hour and a half or so. But, I mean, there we live in town, but there are cornfields behind us. So it's pretty <laughs> out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so there were a few, you know, co-ops near us, but everything was a serious drive commitment 
And then on top of that, they were costly. And so, you know, when we, when we began this co-op, we wanted it to be truly Catholic. We wanted it, you know, there were many co-ops that were like Christian and, and, you know, and it's like, you don't want to constantly put your kids in something where they're um, hearing things that are controversial to, to what you believe, because this is the real foundational time in their, in their life. Um, So that was really important. Being able to make it affordable for families was really important because when you have a small family, I'm sorry, when your, your children are small and you are um, trying to figure out, you know, diapers and and all the different costs that, that kids have, um, it's hard to burden the family, especially, you know, when you're homeschooled, they usually are giving up one income in order to do that. So you're talking about limited income, for families. And so we wanted to make sure that it was open for all the Catholic families that were needing this um, and affordable for them. And we just really um, wanted that to be accessible. And so definitely, even if it's not uh, super organized and offering all these various classes, I mean, we've really been blessed to grow from we started with 15 and now we have 35 families. We started with like 50 kids. We have like 150 kids um, and it just continuously grows. But the just getting started, keeping it as simple as possible, offering classes for varying levels that are broad enough that, you know, you can include K through second or, or even K to five or doing a half day or every other week or whatever it needs, just get it going and start getting people involved. Um, And then once people get involved, they'll be more willing to, to offer themselves more and cooperate more. So I'd say if you don't have one near you, definitely just, we just sent out emails and surveyed, would you want to join a co-op if we start one and started getting feedback? And then we did a questionnaire do you want it to be, you know, extracurricular or curricular or both? And then we went from what our families said and then we developed it. So it's, it's important and it's important enough that while I had just had our seventh child and started a book project and currently run a home, you know, our own homeschool and our family business decided to take on that endeavor. So I'd say it's pretty Mm. important. Wow, that's that is incredible. And I know you said you're you're kind of in town but also in a rural area. And I know we I do have some listeners of the show who um are in a rural area and have talked about, you know, um that desire for community or even just, you know, friendship with other moms. Um did you find that you really had to um either like be the one to kind of, you know, go into town or going to your parish and seek people out or did you feel like you had to be the one to have people um come into your home to start um like developing friendships or would you say it kind of came through through the co-op in your parish okay so hmm, that's like a multi-fold question <laughs> I know I'm sorry I'm <laughs> just throwing it so, out at you <laughs> um, I think well okay so my husband and I are both pretty hyper social. I'd say he's more hyper, hyper social than I am. 
Okay. <laughs> Which is, it's nice because he can lead more of the conversations. Um, and I can participate by just being there, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, but the the thing is to just outside of, you know, your comfort zone, we've always tried to establish a community, no matter, you know, if it's, if it's through our parish, if it's through our families, if it's through, you know, our homeschool co-op or whatever it is, we've always tried to extend the invitation to other people to come to, you know, be a part of our family meal or to, and part of that is out of necessity because when you have seven children, you don't get invited a lot of places, yeah. <laughs> you know, just, or if you do, you better bring right. something because they don't even know how to, how to meet that many people. <laughs> so, so we've always tried to, I don't know, invite people and um, just have that family experience because you sometimes you know, outside of small Catholic circles of homeschool families, sometimes you don't see families and people, they, they don't see babies. <laughs> they don't see yeah. what it, what it means to get past a sedan, you know, what it takes to actually like do all those dishes or cook a meal or whatever it is. Um, and so it's, it's good experience, you know, young married couples or, I don't, I mean, especially we invite them over because my husband loves to indoctrinate them, but <laughs> I, I always see the other aspect of being able to um, show them the beauty of, of accepting God's gift of children and being able to just offer that, um, that it, it's not, of course it's difficult, but it's not more difficult than, than what it's worth. And so I think just being being open to hosting things or being open to inviting people over. Um, I think a lot of our families in our co-op are more introverted and that might be one of the things that led them to homeschooling, but they, they do seek that community, you know, as humans, we, we need that. And so it's wonderful to be able to establish those relationships. So if you can just pull yourself out a little bit and offer offer that opportunity, I think it's worth it. The, you know, the um, relationships that you'll be able to establish will be so meaningful and, and worthwhile. Mm, that's great. That's great advice. I love that. Um, and then Mary, my last question for you is, do you have any mom hacks to share or maybe something that's making your life a little easier? Instapot. <laughs> yeah. A couple people have mentioned Instapot. Yeah. If you don't have one, get one, use it, and I promise you'll never look back. <laughs> and how long have you had one for? And did it take, was there a little bit of a learning curve? Did it take a while for you to start using it regularly? So we've had it for maybe three to five months, I guess. And um, it took a little bit, but not too much. I mean, really, you just... I don't know. I, I'm not a huge recipe person. So maybe if you're like super dependent upon measuring and making like making stuff that is like an intricate meal, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but I'm sure there are recipes out there where you can use this. But for, for us, it's like meat and vegetables. And so 
cooking meat that usually takes the bulk of the time when you're cooking in like 15 to 20 minutes instead of an hour or cooking a roast that is always the last thing in my freezer because it takes four hours to cook in 60 minutes yeah or making Italian beef from a roast (laughs) you know like an hour and 10 minutes instead of 24 hours or whatever, however long it takes to actually cook Italian beef. Um, time saver. I mean, what else do I have to say? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. But we, we have one as well, and I really enjoy using it. And I've been surprised, like, some family recipes that um, usually would take, like, hours to make in the kitchen, I've been able to kind of adopt into the Instant Pot for, like, a much shorter amount of time and then also that you can go from frozen meat to cooked meat like without thaw time you forget to take out your chicken or whatever and you're able to just put it right in the instant pot is amazing so yeah I'm a big believer in that as well (laughs) like you're saying it saves so much money too because how many times it's like oh nothing's defrosted okay I guess we're gonna order a pizza <laughs> or right. you know it never yeah. happens, but you know you either eat three hours later or um you make peanut butter I guess but this is the way where you can seriously oh it's 30 minutes till dinner we can still have a home-cooked meal even with a frozen piece of meat <laughs> it's amazing yeah yeah it is that's great well Mary thank you so much for for chatting with me I, I really appreciate it um, if, if listeners want to check out um, the Catechism of the Seven Sacraments or um, follow, be able to follow you and kind of figure out when other things are coming out, where do you like to send people for that? Please go to storytell.org. It's S-T-O-R-Y-T-E-L, like television, um, storytell.org. And um, they are our publisher and they have, this is their first Um, book project. Before that, they have done um, tremendous uh, documentaries. Um, And so basically on there, you can read about the book, you can see updates, they have sales and promo codes and um, different things going on. Right now, they are offering free shipping on any size order. And um, they also will, you know, give updates on the future projects and things like that. And it's great to be able to see um, their other, you know, documentaries that they've made that have aired on EWTN and things like that. So they're a great one to look into. Um, Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and all of those lovely things with um, Building Blocks of Faith series. And on there, you know, we we try to put on different things that correlate with the liturgical season, different teachings, pull pictures from the book and um, really stay up to date with people and hear their comments and things like that. Um, you can find the book hopefully at your Catholic bookstore. And if it's not there, please ask them to order it. Um, we are making our way through, I'd say we're in the majority of Catholic bookstores now throughout the United States. And um, even internationally now we're starting to make our way. So, um, and then also Amazon. So it's available on Amazon and you can read all kinds of reviews and things like that. So if you have any questions, email us or talk to us on Facebook, and um, hopefully that that does it. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mary. Let me go ahead and close this in a prayer. 
Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time today. Thank you for um, the gift of another day to love you and serve you and to love our families. Pray, God, that you would be with all those women listening today, um, that uh, whatever graces they need, Lord, we know your, your graces are new every morning, that you would just pour them out abundantly, and um, Lord, that we would find uh, rest and, and refuge and peace in you. And um, Jesus, we love you, and we make this prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hi friends, I loved what Mary was sharing about establishing community, needing to sometimes go outside our comfort zone and be the ones to offer the invitation, whether that be through your parish or local families or a homeschool co-op, extending the invitation to even come for a family meal. I thought it was interesting how Mary mentioned that sometimes people just don't see a lot of families around and how being a presence in the community or inviting a young couple over for dinner is a great way to show the beauty of accepting God's gift of children. Thanks for listening in today, friends. I'm praying for you all this Lenten season. God bless.